Welcome to the Info Jabs with Pascal. I'm your host. Today we are here with two wonderful ladies who are going to help us with this conversation. We're going to talk about what people should know before traveling to Africa. Before we do so, please remember to please like, to please share, to follow the page, uh, subscribe on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, and rate the episode on Apple Podcasts. In the summer of 2023, my husband and I had already planned the trip to Ghana and Ivory Coast, but a couple of months prior, I found out that two of my friends were also traveling to Africa. This was completely random. And we all went to different places and we all had different experiences. So I wanted to have the ladies here so that they can talk about their trips and so that people who have people who have an interest in traveling to Africa can know how to prepare so that they can maybe avoid some of the mishaps that we had so that they can have a smoother traveling experience. So uh, I want to introduce my guest. I have Jania Williams. She works as a therapist for a nonprofit agency in Miami, Florida. Uh, most of her therapeutic work is local. However, she desires someday to expand her counseling services throughout the nation and in various countries. Like most professions, therapy is not exclusive to her clients, but to everyone she has a chance to meet, whether here or abroad. She is excited about being able to speak about traveling. And a fun fact about her is that she enjoys traveling and really tries to leave Miami at least once a month, even if it means to commute to the next county for a long walk on the beach and to attend cultural festivals. She, uh, well, this is another fun fact. She has already submitted nine vacation requests for this year, 2024, including a cruise to St. Martin. Uh, she will be attending a conference in D.C., Texas, and Haiti, Aiti Shiri. Nonetheless, 2023 vacation is why she is here today. She states, it is a blessing to walk barefoot in Africa, stating what an experience, which we're going to get to hear about in a second. So my next guest, my longtime friend, Woda Attilis. Woda has a bachelor in health science and her master in ed leadership. She enjoys watching documentaries, learning about the world, politics, geopolitics. She enjoys traveling to different countries. She's been to um, Haiti, Puerto Rico, South Africa, Italy. Uh, her favorite book is 1984. I read that in, in college. Uh, that's a good book. She has plans on being a district superintendent. Uh, becoming a principal and one day running her own K-12 charter schools, specifically tailoring to kids who have learning disabilities. And I have my own special bio that I want to share about these ladies. Woda is an activist. And it's not in the sense where um, you see her on Facebook posting all types of stuff. She's walking the streets. But she is in the... She is in the background, making calls, writing letters, researching, making sure that she knows, and also always sending information happening around the world or whatever involves Haiti. So that I respect about her and that she is extremely smart, not to say that she's a gifted teacher. Uh, she's a loyal friend. She's extremely humble and she's just, she's just kind hearted. 
You know, whenever you ask somebody about their bio, they say, oh, this is what I do. This is where I work. But they never talk about themselves. So I will do it. When it comes to Jania Williams, Jania is just extremely generous, especially with her resources. She's fun. She she lights up any room. She has a big heart. And she's, you know, the person that if you need something and she, she always has something in her purse, that's her. She knows all of the coin. She's in all of the sauce. I think she's just a go-to person, not because of the, her knowledge about the community, but because she's just so inviting as a person. So that's what I want to say about you ladies live so that you can know how much I appreciate you and how, how much I appreciate doing this interview with you. Now, uh, we... We know that it's it's probably it's been my dream I know to travel to Africa and it's, it's maybe it was yours um a, a few years back and this is a dream that many people have so what motivated you to finally take that trip to Africa? What motivated me to Af to go to Africa is I just wanted to get a glimpse of the land of where my ancestors came from. And I just wanted to spend my tourist tourism money in Africa. I heard a lot. Yeah, I heard a lot about people spending their money in South America, in Europe, neglecting Africa. But I feel like they would be more welcoming of us on the African continent. Okay. What about you, Jania? Um, for me, I felt like most people, uh, um, I've always wanted to go to Africa too. Never really thought I would go, at least no time soon. And then just two years ago, I met um, met a friend who's a good friend now, and she she happened to be planning a trip to Africa. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is my chance, my opportunity to go. And I took that opportunity and I'm happy to have spent my tourist dollars there. <laughs> Well, what was your expectation prior to traveling there? Well, first, let's say, let, let me just clarify. Where did you go exactly? Wilda, where did you go? I went to South Africa okay. and I did not have any expectations. I went there with an open mind, ready to learn. So it, it was beyond anything that I could have imagined. It was so beautiful. I did not want to come back. I loved it every moment of it for me I, I went to Ghana and my expectations were that was that I wanted to come back different so I didn't know what I was going to get there um, but I knew that when I got there um, things would have been great and when I got back to the states that I would not be the same person and I would be doing something better or just more positive because I have um I have had that time in Africa you know, and that's actually one of my uh, questions toward the closing of the interview. I want to know exactly how this trip has changed your perspective. Now, what can you say about the preparation process? Because I don't know about you, but for me, it was the most stressful part about traveling. And I, it at some point, it, I, it really discouraged me, but I'm glad that I went through it. So what was your preparation process, Janine? For me, there was a lot of moving parts, just so much um, involved to to get there. I went with a luxury 
um, traveling group, um, Shameless Plug Om Noir and uh, Ubuntu, uh, Ubuntu Wellness um, Journey. And uh, we had to prepare. And so we would have these Zoom meetings to meet all the ladies that were going on this trip and just to under know each other, getting our visas ready, vaccine. I, you know, it was really a challenge because I wasn't able to get my the yellow vaccine to travel. Um, and also just reading, we had to do some reading. So we were giving books to read about Ghana. And so all those things we had to understand. And then the trip was, like I mentioned, it was a luxury trip. So it was quite expensive. So really had to prepare financially. Very last minute, I learned this a year before that I was going to go. So my preparation was not as extensive as yours, Miss Jania. I learned that, well, no, I woke up one day in January of 2022. And I just said, I'm going to go to Africa. And I'm going to pick a country on the South African continent to go to. So I chose to start with South Africa. And the reason is, as a U.S. citizen, you don't need a visa. So that was check number one for me. And then the yellow fever vaccine is recommended, but not a requirement. So that was another check on my list. So, and I definitely did have to prepare financially for the trip. I mainly focused on, do they, do we, or do they require visas? How long can U.S. citizens be in South Africa? And um, what type of vaccines were required? Did I take the yellow vaccine, yellow fever vaccine? No. But that was the extent of my preparation for the trip. Those are the, I guess, the bigger tasks, getting, making sure that you have a visa, uh, making sure that you have the yellow fever vaccine, because in certain countries in Africa, you need that card. You need that card to travel into, to certain places, to get into certain places. So for us, we had to get it. And I wasn't really happy about that. Uh, but what else would you say you had to buy as far as the like the on a smaller scale? I know that there are people who said that you needed um, a, a certain pill to make sure that you that your system is okay when you're introduced to uh, new food wherever you go wherever you go if you're if you're gonna go to a different environment you prepare differently. What else did you guys have to either bring with you or did you have to read information pamphlets about other materials that you should have with you? They like I said I went with a group so they kept sending information about understanding the money we've I learned how to what words that I would use and how to communicate with the with the locals so we took a bunch of um read a bunch of literature you know and these are things that I've seen in African movies so it was just so funny to me medically compression socks and so getting all these little gadgets that I didn't really need I actually you know this is this might be weird to you guys I've never traveled so far before at least not on a plane and so from the time I was booking my trip I started to feel that I was getting anxious like I'm really going to be on this 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 plane for this long. And so I went, I need anxiety medicine. And thinking that I would need anxiety med medication, I did ask my doctor to give me that as well. Fortunately, I didn't need it because it was a late flight. I was good. We were fine. But those were some of the extra things that I had prepared before. Okay. Well, I was told to buy Pepto-Bismol just in case. 
case <laughs> you're experiencing some stomach problems and you and they cautioned us against Ebola and I did not know about the compression socks. I should have been prepared for that. And then and the other interesting fact is that in South Africa, it's because it's part of the global south. When it is summer here in the U.S., it's winter in South Africa. So I had to buy winter clothes to go to South Africa. Yeah, you know, we, we didn't have compression socks, but just got up and walked a lot. My husband was okay, but for me, I did have some sw swollen ankles when I got there. So that's one thing you want to make sure either you have compression socks or you just stretch a lot, get up and walk a lot while you're on the plane. So during that time while you were in um, Africa, what surprised you the most? One of the things I would say, I can think of two things that have surprised me the most is, like I said, I read a book uh, that's called Homecoming by a Ghanaian author, and it was a really good book. It's like I understood Tree and Fanti and all that by the time I got there. And so what surprised me is that, yeah, I was going to another place and people would be nice and welcoming, but I felt like it was really like I was coming home because they were like so happy for 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 me to be there, for us to be there. And like, you're home, this is your home, welcome back. And so it really like did something to me. So that was a good feeling. It was surprising to me. I wasn't really expecting that. And another thing I would that surprised me, and it's not something about um, being in Ghana or being in Africa, is that I traveled with 25 women. I only knew one person, the facilitator. And I mean, we got along so well, we've never met each other. You know, they say women can't get along. That is not. I've never been in a space like that with women my age. And, you know, we take youths out being with 25 women for so long, for about a week, almost for a week in, in the same space, on the same bus, in the same room. And the, everything we did was together. And we were just like spreading a lot of love. There was never any arguments, misunderstanding. I mean, it was it was really beautiful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I wish I could have traveled with a group of women, but I traveled alone and, and the trip was, it was, I just, I just enjoyed it. I, I was shocked that I was able to forget that I was alone and I was able to communicate with the tour guides, with the people on the trips. And uh, it was like I was traveling with a group of buddies of my own because they were so open to me. And they would tell me stories about how re reality is for them in South Africa. And one of the most shocking thing for me was like I we passed through the shanty towns to get to the safari trip. So I was a little bit more taken back by the fact that so the native South Africans are not living as luxuriously as the people who are coming outside of South Africa and buying up land and owning everything. So that was what was the most shocking to me that the native South Africans are not really the ones running the country. 
You know what I'll say to that, Wilda, is that you mentioned um, going alone. And one of the reasons why I went on the trip with those ladies, with the ladies is because I wanted to start doing some solo trips. And I thought that would be a great way to start just being somewhere with people that I knew was reputable and that I would be safe. And I've done like one or two um, solo trips before. But again, one was on a cruise where I didn't really, you know, I was with people, but I just didn't know anyone. But I was I felt safe. And under the time I went to meet up some friends somewhere else in New York City. So That was my entry to traveling alone. So at some point in time, I'll be, you know, doing what you're doing, going totally by myself. I would have loved to meet a group of ladies like the ones you traveled with. But you know what? You got to take a chance. Take a chance. Otherwise, you'll be 80 years old and seeing what if. You know, what's interesting about our travels is the fact that we all travel differently. Whether you traveled by yourself, I traveled with my husband, um, Jinia, you traveled with the a group of ladies and I think from uh, in, in our in my experience I guess the listeners so so that they can know either you can choose to go by yourself you choose to go with one person another person or you choose to go with a group because in our experience we we weren't um, we didn't have an organized group like you did, uh, Jania. So we did run into some challenges where we kind of had to like either defend ourselves or fend for ourselves um, Did you, uh, well, actually I went to Ghana. I did not say that. So I went to Ghana, we went to Ghana and then we went to Ivory Coast. So um, as far as traveling from one country to another, we did have a lot of um, uh, issues with getting on a bus from Ivory Coast to to cross over to Ghana and then flying over back to um, uh, Ivory Coast. So I think in our traveled, we still appreciated the fact that we just learned so much just by being there by ourselves and trying to figure things out. But traveling with a group, I can imagine how how beneficial it is because a lot of that the the planning is done prior to the trip. You know, so you guys get there, you know exactly how you're traveling, you know exactly where you're eating, you know exactly how much this cost, where we had to kind of like bargain for um, our way through the the whole trip as far as how much things cost and all of that. So that's an option. People know that, you know, you can either find groups and I know that they have groups online um, or, you know, go, go on Facebook. I don't know. Um, check these traveling agents. I'm pretty sure that information is out there. What do you wish you would have known before you traveled? Or what do you wish was different about the trip? What I would say is that, again, like you just mentioned, mentioned Pascal, is that traveling with a group, they pretty much took care of everything, but it came with a price. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it came with it came with a price, but they took care of everything. And our tour guides were the ones that we had from day one to the last day. And also they did all our bargaining for us when we went to the shops and the markets. We did not open our mouth. We communicated with our tour guides and things like that. And they did all that work for us. And so what I would have wanted to do differently, which I knew I had the option, but again, I tell you, I went on a luxury trip, was that getting more time before and after. So some of the girls came in earlier, some left after. So they were able to do additional excursions that I didn't get a chance to to do so that for next time that would be my goal is to try to travel one or two days before and after my trip so I can get a chance to go where um I'm not able to go with the group if I go with a group and also um getting a getting a uh 
a seat on the plane that is comfort. <laughs> I got a, a, what do you call it? A, 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 economic, a regular seat. And um, I was okay. I was okay. But next we'll upgrading. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for me, well, what I wish I could have done differently was I wish I could have met a group of ladies to travel with. That would have been awesome. And um, other than that, I really do not have much complaints about the, the trip. I felt like everything happened They were the way they were supposed to. Was it perfect? No. And I've met some amazing people. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about um, South South Africa. Is, did I learn everything about South Africa? No. But I feel like everything happened the way they were supposed to. I learned a lot of um, lessons. And will I, will I travel to Africa again? Yes. If I can't find a group of ladies, I'm I'm going again by myself. <laughs> so, well, you know what? So this is the time where I just I do want to be transparent about my trip so that people who are planning on traveling can can be aware. I would encourage anybody who is traveling to certain countries in Africa to either speak to someone who is from that country, speak to people who have traveled to the country so that they can tell you certain things that you won't find on the internet. Uh, because we did experience some challenges, just like in, back in my country, um, Katie, we did have to pay our way a lot to you know certain um, junctures. We were traveling to Cape Coast, which is where uh, they had a lot. It's a castle where they housed the male slaves, the female slaves. We got a chance to visit, but on the way there, we had an amazing driver and. Uh, because he, he was native there, he was able to give us a lot of history behind how the system operates. But on the way there, because we were traveling by ourselves, we got stopped a lot. And then he sort of had to um, like give something to the people on the road before we could go. And I, I think that's the benefit of traveling with a group because, Jania, I know you went to the same site, but you didn't experience that. You guys were far too many in a bigger bus, right? Yes. From the time we got to the airport, they came and got us. But from that point on at the hotel, we had a, uh, the tour guides and the um, the drivers were the same people for the entire week. Uh, we were in an air-conditioned um, charter. We rode in that. We had our safe seats. We sat by our, uh, who we already uh, got acquainted with. And wherever we went, we were on the same bus. Um, we did leave Accra and we traveled to Cape Coast and some other places outside of um, the um, the main city. And still we, we traveled with the same drivers, with the same um, tour guides. So we both went to Ghana. Our experience was slightly different. I think you, because yours was extremely luxurious, we got to almost like walk in the streets and ride just like the, the natives there. And that, that was the cool part um, about it. We're going to talk about some of the sites that you guys could recommend that people visit if they decide to either travel to Ghana or South Africa. But when it comes to the racial dynamics, so we know that the apartheid ended in 91 and it's not that long ago maybe people who are in their you know early 20s that might seem like it's you know like it's a long time it's really not that long ago what was the racial dynamic between the afrikaners and the native south africans um there what did you notice at least okay 
what I notice is the it's very very similar to Haiti, like how the the Afrikaans, the Dutch descendants people, the the, the Dutch descendants, they run everything. They have all of the money. They have all of the power, and then the natives. They don't have as much, even the farming lands, they belong to the um, Afrikaners and South Africa. Um, but they do, the regular South African person who went to school, do what they're supposed to do, they can live. But it's just, I was I was just taken back by the people who live in the shanty towns and, and how much like they get paid on a regular basis it was shocking to me it was very shocking but um they're trying their best to live together as one but it's obvious there's um racial disparities and in south africa so, Woda, what do you mean by uh, shanty town? Is it uh, where the natives reside? It's like the ghetto, almost. It's like the uh, projects. And it's um, homes built by the South African government for the natives. So they won't live in um, the little shacks. However... The natives do like to live in the in the in the little shacks. They they'll like rent out the their little shanty area. They'll rent it out or sell it and make money off of it and go back and live in the shacks. Okay. So maybe that's that's comfort for them. They're among amongst our people. Okay. What about you, uh, Ms. Jania? Yes, um, we had a lot of opportunity to go outside of Accra and um, just be around the villagers as well. And um, also some of the girls when they got their hair braided. And so we were we did get chances to interact when we went to the markets. We went to a, um, drumming lessons and shopping. And so we were really around um, some locals. But what I would say about that, just Again, my experience was that they were really welcoming for the for the guests. And, you know, um, going back home to Haiti, like going to Haiti, you know, sometimes they want you to be a little low key. Don't act like you're a, you're a di diaspora or diaspora or just you're coming like a tourist. But there it was like I felt OK to just be myself. And it's OK that I came from the States. And also what I did notice is that they speak so many languages um, in Ghana, um, English and French to be one of them, like everyone spoke English and French. And so they and they and their knowledge they knew a lot about Haiti and they just knew about a lot of things that were going on as well so we had um wholesome conversations with the people that we interacted with but the truth but also I, they also spoke Twee and Fanti and they knew each other like they knew who was who and who wasn't and so there is still like you know, some kind of, you know, differences, just like, you know, like we're all black, but we want to say that we're African-American versus Haitian versus, you know, some kind of Caribbean. And so they were, they didn't say it, you didn't see any animosity, but when they shared that information to you, they said, there's just, we know, we know who's who, it does exist. You just don't see it because you're not really interacting with them. Mm -hmm. I do think from our experience, there are certain parts in Ghana where we do stand out. 
So some people were a, lot, a little bit more um, hesitant to, you know, to be welcoming. And that's expected because they don't really know our motives, right? So because we are considered foreigners, we have an American passport, we sort of bring the essence of what they see in America, and which sometimes is kind of negative. And until I guess we show that we are here just to learn, just enjoy the culture that we're trying to connect to, some of them become more welcoming, but they were exceptional people. I mean, they are a prideful, they have a lot of pride in who they are. And it doesn't matter um, what the circumstances are, they are proud Africans. And I, that's one thing I respect about them. The only time, again, I, I would say that I really felt some type of way was um, was at the airport. But other than that, I did feel welcome, um, welcome there. Here's why every, everything is so different, because... I, we had an amazing experience at the airport in Ghana and Ivory Coast, it was a lot more difficult. Um, we felt like we were just being pressed a little bit. I mean, that was one hurtful experience, but we had, we, I mean, the food at the airport, the people at the airport, the organization was just amazing. What sites you would recommend to people who would like to visit, visit South Africa or Ghana? Go ahead, um, Wilda, I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend... First, I would recommend if you're traveling alone, it's going to be difficult to book excursions like in person. So using the Viator, V-A-I-T-O-R app really did help me. So I planned any everything in advance. Like the day I came, I knew what I was going to do. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all planned out using Viator. I would recommend going to Table Mountain. Uh, remember the movie, um, The Lion King. The mountain in The Lion King is inspired by Table Mountain in South Africa. I would definitely recommend going to Robin Island in Cape Town. And Robin Island is the island where South African revolutionaries like Nelson Mandela, they were imprisoned there for wanting to change apartheid. I would definitely recommend going to a safari. What's It was beautiful. It was so beautiful to see the wild animals in their natural habitats. And it was beautiful. So I would definitely recommend those three things. Table Mountain, Rob, Robin Island, and a safari. What about you, Janine? I would recommend going to the um, W.E.B. Du Bois Museum. You know, we learned a lot about the Pan-African um, movement in his work and visit some of the um, grave sites there, Cape Coast, some of the places that you've gone also. And I mean, there's so much places that we went, but one of the things that really that I liked is just participating in the naming ceremony. So going to um, that event and, you know, being told what my new name is and just going through the whole ritual, just really making me feel that I was really home and then participating that just added a, a more what to was it. your new name oh name yeba <laughs> name yeba is my new name and then they usually add it with day day of the week so every now and then i want to get extra i'll put on my my crown which is a which is a, a cloth right a kente cloth and I wrap it in my hair and I said, I'm going to be extra today, wear my my crown and call me Namiaba. So, yes. <laughs> what would you tell people to avoid? 
would you say packing not packing enough um i would say if you are in an uber or a taxi please make sure your door is locked because the homeless on the street will definitely open the door and pull your bag out and if you're going over there please make sure your your bag is zipped i would say unless you are with a local do not go out of the touristy areas because you can definitely be a victim unless you're with a local person. Okay. I can also add to that. Thank you for that, Wilda. Just again, learning about a lot of things before you get there. And so understanding the money and how it, so we knew from Jumpstart that people will be happy with like a dollar, $2 tip. So I was really like, conservative, although I'm, I'm a big spender, but I knew it was okay to be conservative there. So I, I I wasn't trying to like really splurge. And I really, we really managed on a small amount of money because um, yes, the trip was expensive, but spending there really, I, it was really, really um, inexpensive once you got there. And so what I would say to avoid is like um, Pascal mentioned is overpacking. Because when you get there, you are able to buy so much stuff to come back. You don't have any room in your suitcase because you had packed too much clothes. And so that would be one thing. As far as um, just be your behavior, you, that's something that you, that's a behavior, making sure that you have your bag with you because um, you, you might not know it, but you probably stand out to someone who actually lived there. And it happens in any country. You can go to South America, you can go to the island, the, the islands in Haiti, Jamaica, whatever, um, you know, in certain places in Europe and, you know, where you just have to make sure that you, you know, where you are. But I would say when if you're traveling to Africa, be mindful of your attitude. If you come with an attitude like you're coming to bring something and not you're coming to and you're you're actually just grateful to be among the people, you will probably not have a good experience um, because I want to say again, they are a proud people. Th there's a lot over the years. I think people know better at this point to not portray Africa as of that that lacks so much. Uh, where the people are always looking to America, it seems. Thanks to people who have traveled there, they have documented their journeys and some African movies have done a really good job portraying their country as what they are. Uh, so what would you say based on what you have seen when it comes to the infrastructure, the way that people dress, the cars that they drive, the way that they carry themselves? What I would say for the, again, Uber was really on point and affordable. And we were using our same Uber apps. Maybe the cars were like pretty much consistently the same kind of cars, but they they were pretty much on, on top of their stuff in terms of um, commute and things like that. I don't know, for some reason, when we mention African movies to them, they kind of laugh. So I don't know if they watch African movies as much as I do. <laughs> As much as I do, um, I would suppose that, you know, in, in a Latin country, they watch Latin films. And so in, in Africa, they watch African films and Haiti, they watch Haitian films. But I don't know if they, they've been to watch African films the way um, <laughs> the way I do. And then as in terms of culture, again, you mentioned that they were very proud people. And yes, they are. They, they speak of how who they are. They express no desire to come to the States in they're part of whatever it is that they do. And it makes you feel proud too, as um, 
an African, you know, if I believe that I'm a descendant of Africa as well, that I'm part, I'm glad that I have that, that tenacity and that, that character in my bloodstream that I am proud of who I am. So if anything, I know that I got that from there. And then of course, being Haitian as well, to be proud of who I am, because they certainly are. In terms of culture, I feel like South Africans, uh, they dress um, like we do in the U.S. And I felt like I was either in some parts, I felt like I was in South Beach. In other parts, I felt like I was in New Orleans. So it's like a mixture. And then it's, uh, it's a cultural melting pot with a lot of Indians, Dutch, native South Africans. So they're very like welcoming to other culture because of apartheid, though they don't really talk about racial division or anything like that. They want everyone to get along because they do not want a repeat of apartheid. Mm. Um, in any way, whether the black person is where their black people are the ones ruling and brutalizing other groups or whether it's another group trying to brutalize other um uh, the rest of South Af Africa so they do not want a repeat of that like I said I went in with an open, open mind I had no expectations and everything that I probably could have expected the trip has far exceeded any expectations that I may have had come up to come up with it was a beautiful experience. Um, outside of Africa, mountains, a lot of beautiful mountains like Colorado, and it actually snows sometimes on top of the mountains. And there's like a little country inside of South Africa that's called Lesotho. It, it's like they're the Switzerland of South Africa. It snows there. It's beautiful. I would like to visit. But yeah, so they're 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 very up to date and they're very technologically savvy, and they own a lot of a lot of iPhones just like Americans do. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. With our experience, we visited two hotels in Ghana, and the quality, the size, the services in those hotels I have not experienced in the states. The food. The thing is, I have a wonderful friend, and I don't know if he would want me to say his name, but he was the one who helped organize this entire thing. So without him, I think our experience would have been different. I think we came back from Africa. We couldn't even, I couldn't even tell anyone that I've been there because it, it just was something I can tell you, but I can't even begin to express the experience so I'm, I'd rather just not talk about it because it was so, we, we got to stay, when we went to Ghana for a few nights, we got to stay at a friend's house. So we woke up to Jollof, Fufu, the breakfast. We went to a, a restaurant that had live music to hear them sing and perform their native songs. And I mean, it was, it was amazing. We were with uh, someone who lived there, so we got to visit a lot of those places. Well, the last question, how would you say that you've come back and what's your perspective on life, um, on yourself, on the people, um, on the world after visiting Africa? Um, I want to just um, also add that I enjoyed the food. <laughs> I absolutely enjoyed the food in Africa. It was really spicy and I did get sick. 
even when you say you want the food, the spices on the side, but it, it just really tastes good. Like you were mentioning Pascal, but, um, life, life lessons. Um, when I went to this trip, it was called Queens come home, you know, come, come home and get free was the name of the retreat that I went to. And so aside from doing all the sightseeing and doing all the stuff, you know, a lot of people were saying like, we got to do like pampering. We got to, um, go back to do to the motherland and all that but we did a lot of soul work not homework but soul work and so man we left there and just like pascal was saying you know that i i can't really talk about it it wasn't really a trip to me it was just an experience that i i really can't like sum it up but i know ever since i've come back from africa just I don't know if the, my mindset changed what happened to me, but I've been moving on this thriving thing and just, you know, I felt I got this burst of energy. And ever since I've been back, I've been on, and I thought I was always on fire, <laughs> but I've been on this another, another level of fire, another level of thriving and wanting to do so much for myself and for my community. And so I would certainly want to go back if I needed to do like a recharge or a, a, um, another boost, but I'm still on fire. It's been July. I went in July. We're in January and I'm, I'm still on fire. I'm still like hyped up. And so um, I'm happy that I went. The experience was life changing. All the soul work that I've done and I didn't do it by myself also because, you know, I can start some sounding a little more emotional now because I was with these girls that were going through the same exact thing. People that I've never I've never met any of these women and we've made those changes together. We supported each other. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have been able to be as transparent with people that I knew, people that I know, but with strangers, it kind of made it a little easier for me. And so I think because of that, I'm able to thrive the way I'm thriving right now. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I would say, what lesson did I learn? Continue to be brave and go to places that are unknown, unknown to you because you never know. You never know. I did not know what to expect when going to South Africa. Um, the people were friendly. The food was good. Now I have an insatiable appetite to keep going to South to Africa, different parts of Africa. I want to explore. So that's what I've come out of the trip with. It was an amazing experience. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. Like you, like you said, Jania, I'm still on a high. Thank you for sharing, ladies. And I think I didn't really say too much about Ivory Coast, but uh, I do want to say that they do speak French. So for Haitians, anyone who speak English, to go all to go to the African continent and find someone who who speak in a language where we both understand each other. I mean, it was. I mean, the joy of like seeing someone who understand and we speak French together obviously they are from so many different tribes so even sometimes they don't understand each other if they're speaking their uh their native language so they just they just speak French because that's the language that everybody speaks and um and uh in Ivory Coast I do want to say that we visited the largest the the largest church in the world it's located in Ivory Coast and it's called um Basilica of Our Lady of Peace. That church was amazing. Also, make sure that you go to the museums, if not one, two or three museums. 
the way that history is told from their point of view is different from how it's told um, in other parts of the world, especially in the States. You know, we thought that going to Africa was going to be a fun trip. It was for our anniversary, but it ended up being just beyond that. I don't even know how to describe it. While we were there, Rich received his um, DNA. I don't know if I shared that with you. Our last night in Ghana, he found out that he was, I think, 29% um, Ghanaian. That was so cool. So before I left, I took a little rock. I was like, I'm taking I'm taking a part of Africa with me. <laughs> so I took a rock. I think I took two rocks from the land. You know, I just, before you guys leave, I want to ask a fun question. And I know a lot of people don't like to do it, but I'm going to have you guys rate three different types of food. How would you rate Haitian food, African food, Indian food? <laughs> don't be scared. <laughs> Hands down, it's going to always be Haitian food for me. Um, <laughs> and I like African food. If you like Indian food, I would go and have Indian food. And But it's going to always be variety. Bad red and blue flag has too much I agree. I agree. I agree. Haitian food is top notch. And then number two, South African food out there because the food was good, but it's not as bad as bad to the bone. I would say it as Haitian food. I love Haitian food. Number one, always. Do you know that I used to say Haitian food? What about you, Pascal? Well, okay. Well, do you, I used to, I used to say that Haitian food is number one, but after I had Jolof, after I had food from Ivory Coast, I think it's neck and neck for me. I don't know. We'll forgive you. you. We'll forgive you because you can't, you can't compare the mother to the child. I understand. Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. But, um, Thank you so much, ladies. You will be traveling to where this summer, Jania? You have a trip to not Africa, but um, Bali. I'm going to Bali to Indonesia this summer. Well, th in spring, I'm going to um Saint Mar um Saint Martin in March, and then Bali in April. Yes. Okay. All right. And what about you, Woda? Um, it's a toss. I'm trying to decide. So if if I'm going with a group, we're probably going to go to Hawaii. If not, then I'm taking myself to Lesotho. Am I going to have to bundle up because it's really cold? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know what I appreciate about you ladies? To be Black women who just enjoy traveling. And it's not really tra traveling just so that I can say I've been there. It's traveling because you're really curious about the world beyond where you are. And I like speaking to you when you come from your travels because you have so much to teach everyone around you. So I we do encourage people. We can save. We can save. These trips are expensive, but the shoes that we buy, the purses that we buy, the hair that we buy, the places that we go, that money is equivalent to what it can cost to travel and visit Africa. So I would urge you to, if, if it's in your plans, to make it happen soon or in the future, whenever. I wanted to say um, something real quick. Um, about uh, what you said about Africa, about them encouraging people to go. Well, first, Wilda, um, don't do like me. When I went to Hawaii, I did not do any hiking. So don't be, I, I'm a mess, right? I went to Hawaii and didn't hike. Um, 
but I had a bad experience hiking up the Citadel in Haiti. So I was like, I wasn't going to do that anymore. But just like the, um, I believe the Jewish um, organizations have, um, Pascal, I believe now they have first generation trips for people going back to Africa, at least for students. So I don't know any specific program, but they have that. They offer those first generation or back home programs. I don't know if you guys heard of those. No, I didn't hear that. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. And you oh. know, speaking of students, one thing to consider is that there's a price, there's a, a difference in the price that you pay when you visit certain museums. There's a price for the students. There's a price for the locals there, the natives. And then there's a price for foreigners. So foreigners always, you end up paying a little bit more when you visit any sites in Africa. Um, at least the places that we've been, the, your the, your cost is, is a little higher. Can I ask? So last year at the end of the school year, I was in a rut. I was definitely in a rut mentally and I was drained. I was trying to figure out something about myself. And I would encourage like traveling is definitely good for your mental health. Hmm. And if you're trying to get out of like, because I wasn't, I was selfish thinking about myself, me, 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 me. I went and traveled the world. I learned about different people. I learned new things. And I feel like through experiences, especially if you're go, if you're in a rut mentally, I would encourage people to travel. I would definitely encourage it. Thank you for sharing that piece. Definitely helped me. Um, we, we're both in the mental health field. Um, and that's that's something that I didn't even think about, actually. Um, well, the, um, how did it help my, I think you sort of touched on it, um, Ms. Jania, um, indirectly, but uh, I, I, so yeah, 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 it's, um, it's, um, learning is, is, um, is, uh, is self-care. So, um, for some people, mm -hmm. um, especially if when you're learning about yourself, um, being more grounded. So, uh, Guys, thank you. Thank you so much, ladies, for your time. And uh, uh, before I close, any last word? Just want to say thank you for inviting um, inviting me on to talk about my experience in Ghana. Really nice to meet you, Wilda. I'm really going to take you up on the offer you haven't given me to go on a trip together. <laughs> and um, we're all friends. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was nice to meet you. And I loved learning from both of you ladies. And for my trip to Ghana, I will definitely stay in contact with both of you to get tips and pointers. Thank you. No problem. But lastly, I, I do want to give a couple of shout outs. Number one, to my friend who really helped us, to his family, to his brother who was our driver and did such an amazing job. I really want to give a shout out to Rich, my husband, who is the best buddy. We had so much fun. We got through so much together. Babe, thank you so much for making it possible. Guys, uh, I will be posting some links. Um, I got a link, a resource from Ms. Jania about how the youth, Black youth can now take free trips to Africa, it says. So please look into it, do your research, and hey, maybe that can be an opportunity for you, for your siblings, for your kids. Hello there. Uh, this is Pascal. I'm adding this additional recording to the initial conversation with the ladies because some of the information didn't make it in, in there because it wasn't clear 
And I also feel like I didn't get to add some of the information about the site that uh, I would highly recommend that people visit. So when I described my experience, again, I did not travel with a group. It was just us two. We were... Okay, so this is what happened. So when I said that we were stopped and we had to give something, the driver had to give something before we could go. What I, unfortunately, what I should have said was we were stopped by people in uniforms. They were police officers. And there's a system there that they have where they will stop you. And if you look like a foreigner, it's assumed that there's money in the car. So they will press you, they will press you, they will inspect you, they will just give you a hard time until you know to just slip them something. And it's it's money. So that between going back and forth to Cape Coast from the city, we may have gotten stopped maybe 20 times. And it's not an exaggeration, I'll say, up to 20 times, I'll say 20 times. So also when we landed, when as soon as we ended and landed in Africa and Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast, it was the same issue. They make it seem like there's a problem. There's a problem with the user document. And then they take some time, they work on it. And then now in return, you have to give them something that we didn't do. We held to our gun. We were tired. We were hungry, but we, we stuck to our guns. We didn't do, they didn't really ask. Well, actually some, a guy did ask, he said, well, so now you have to buy some coffee or something like that. And that's a way of saying, okay, now you have to pay. And I guess the first time I omitted that information because I didn't want to mar the anybody's view on traveling there because I want it's exciting and I we really want to push people to go there. So I didn't mention that and I was a little vague, which but I don't think that's very helpful. I certainly don't. The purpose of the episode is for people to get to get real insight on our experience and what you probably have to know before you, you may not be able to avoid it. I mean, that's just a part of the, I guess, the journey, unless you're traveling with a group, unless you're traveling with a group where you have a guide, you have a bus and stuff like that probably won't even happen. The other, also, I wanted to add some information about some of the sites. We talked about the year of the return. Ghana in 2019 invited um, other uh, Black people around the world, anywhere, who to come to visit Ghana. Many celebrities went, and you can go on YouTube and watch their experience and what they had to say about it. And uh, there's a museum. It's called the Kwame Nkrumah Park and Mausoleum, I think. Uh, Mausoleum. That, it's a must. When you go there, not only is the place absolutely stunning, but the history lesson is just so rich. And you learn there that the first president, Kwame, was inspired by Marcus Garvey, who is the Jamaican activist, to lead Ghana to its independence. So I thought that was pretty cool. The Black Star Square, of course, it's cool to go there because this is you, you see it in the movies and the music videos. So it's, it's pretty cool to go there. The Accra City Hotel is another one. That's where we stayed and we had dinner at Memvopic, Memvopic Ambassador Hotel. So if you look those up, you can check it out to see if you want to stay there, if you want to visit. And um, 
Anything else I want to add? Before visiting South Africa, there's a movie, Cry Freedom, with Denzel. He plays the activist, the South African activist, Biko, and it gives you a depiction of the of the cultural dynamic back then. And some of that tension, there's remnants of it. But like Wilda said, they're not really talking about it because like they don't want a repeat of it, like as Wilda stated. What else? I didn't want to miss anything. The year of the return is what Jania brought up. I think that was it. I also want to say thank you to Nicole Arma, who suggested a few places that we should visit. All right, hopefully I'm not missing anything, but all right, enjoy the rest of the conversation. Alrighty, guys, as always, I'm here learning right along with you. So until next time, bye.